Welcome to the Revenue Accelerators Podcast, a show featuring B2B sales and business leaders. Hosted by Excelogy founder and 19-year sales veteran with leadership experience in strategic enterprise and telecom sales, Deep Trikonod. This show uncovers strategies and techniques business leaders have used to go from zero to one and beyond. If you enjoy this content, please subscribe, rate, and review the show to help us reach more people. Revenue Accelerators is brought to you by Excelogy. We help B2B sales leaders improve sales performance by leveraging our patent-pending data-driven sales coaching systems. Find us at www.excelogy.com. Enjoy today's episode. Hey, everyone. Thank you for attending another episode of Revenue Accelerators. Today with me, I have Jay Breen, sales director from Agility. Jay, um, did I did I introduce you appropriately? Yeah, Deep. Yes. Uh, good to be talking with you this afternoon. I love it. Thank you. Thank you for joining. Um, so, so what about like, how, like, you know, we found you, um, my team found you to, to, to participate, but what intrigued you about this conversation, if anything? Yeah. So, you know, I've, I've listened to a few of your podcasts. You've got some seasoned, uh, sales folks and, and I, I tell people when people ask what I do and I'm here in Texas, most folks are in oil and gas. It's like 90% oil and gas. <laughs> so, I'm a sales guy. I've been a sales guy since 1997. So I've been doing this for many years. And when I tell folks that I'm a salesperson, I say, you know, I used to say, oh, it's, it's, I've been doing this 15 years or 20 years. And now when I'm like, think the time's going by so quick, but it's actually 25 years I've been in sales in one way or another. Um, so when I did, you know, I saw your podcast, saw a bunch of them. I learned a lot from some of the unique, um, you know, position some of the folks came from. And I said, you know, it's a good opportunity or opportunity for me to chat with you and share some ideas and thoughts on, you know, how to be successful and what's worked for me and what possibly happened. I, I love it. Thank you. Um, yeah. And, and just kind of for, for the folks listening in, um, Jay and I were kind of uh, chatting right before we started, I hit record on this. And one of the things I asked him, um, all of us, whether you're new to sales, whether you're experienced in sales, many of us have, Kind of, we're lifelong students of the sales craft, and one of the things I've that I focus here on is kind of those anecdotes that can help everyone, regardless of where you are in your sales journey, your career, um, things that that you might have solved and answered. You know, you have the answers for, but you've maybe forgotten or taken for granted, or things that are just brand new to you that you've never come across. And so, we, a few of us have you know, through the school of hard knocks, things that they don't teach you in a, in a textbook in, in college or high school. Um, so I, I've asked Jay to kind of share with us some of his kind of school of hard knocks, his learnings. Um, so, so with that, Jay, do you have, do you have an anecdote that you can share? Yeah, well, sure. So I, I get out of school. I studied sports medicine, um, athletic training and education. I thought I'd become a school teacher and an athletic trainer. Um, that was the plan. I did it for a short period of time and met someone who said, Hey, have you ever thought about getting into sales? They were starting out the Sprint wireless business. Um, we had a team of people in, in New England and, um, dear friend Colleen O'Leary brought a bunch of folks on board and said, this, this could be really good for everyone to come in on the ground, ground floor and, you know, work hard and we'll all reap the benefits of, of starting something, um, as big as Sprint has become. So, wow. Um, 
you know, I'll say long story, but I'll, I'll tell you the gist of it. But I, I stuck with Sprint for about seven years. I went through retail and outside sales. And Colleen said, hey, I need someone to sell outside to the financial markets. And I said, oh, great. Yep, give me it. And being in Boston at the time, I said, you know, Fidelity, State Street, all these major corporations, there's plenty of, uh, you know, fish in the sea here to, to yep. go get some business. So, Jay, can I pause you for a quick second? Sure so, yeah. so, so actually, you mentioned that you wanted to be a teacher. I kind of want to dig in a little bit on teacher to sales rep like like how did how did that transition start how did like it just you stumble across it did you figure it out like what happened there it, it was very very easy for me you know educated i was always really into helping people helping you know teaching someone something and being a young kid i felt like i knew more than than oh, others you know for sure yeah. I was you don't know a, what you don't know i was too a, <laughs> probably a little cocky a little overconfident i've got i'm the oldest you know five so um, I wanted to take those experiences and, you know, grow it essentially and work with young kids because, you know, I did some coaching and so that, that was the plan and, um, I loved it, but man, I got my first paychecks and I said, I don't know if I can continue doing this, you know, for another <laughs> 25, 30 years. This is for the teaching side of things. Yeah. Yeah. In the sports medicine side, it's like working for a team. I think I'd rather be playing than, you know, yeah. trying to help them heal. Yep. So it was a good transition for me. I had education, essentially, as salespeople, that's what we're doing. We're educating our customers on, you that's know, true. the do's and don'ts and, you know, what, you know, trying to solve their problems and challenges and, you know, reap the benefits along the way. And and when did you realize that? What you just said is going from teaching. I mean, there needs to be, I think, for every sales rep, an aspect of educating your customer, educating your prospect. When did you actually put those two together? Because if you're coming right out of school, you're coming from teaching, uh, you know, for better or worse, people think, oh, you're a sales rep. They just presume if they're not in the sales field, they just presume you, oh, you're like the guy selling used cars down the street. Right. Right? Right. Um, so as you got into it, like, you know, how many years into it or did you did you catch it right away? That it, this it was really like on. Yeah, Dave. So it was early on, I'd say one of the things I'm very fortunate, I've worked for some organizations that, you know, you're selling products, you need to be passionate about it. So I knew so much about the wireless business back at Sprint and, mm -hmm. you know, help launching the building towers and network and that. So I was excited to to tell that story um, because I felt like I knew it better than than anyone. Yeah. And the folks that I was chatting with in finance, you know, the su super smart folks and you know, but this is the last thing on their totem pole. They just need to be able to communicate. Yeah. So that that was, you know, and that and then I took that in back into the medical device arena where, you know, you're you're helping patients, you know, you're saving lives in many cases with mm -hmm. the technology and the products that you have. So I'm i I'm really passionate about it. I've had plenty of opportunity to go work for companies where I felt sort of mediocre, but maybe could have made more money. Mm -hmm. Um, so the choices I've made along the way. I felt like I made the right choices with the organizations I chose because I was really passionate about what I was selling. I love it. Um, so, so, so you're at Sprint Telecom at some point in your career. Yes. And then, and I believe now you're in medical devices. Yep. Yep. Healthcare, medical. Yeah. So our, my company now, Agility Health, we basically, we have many different divisions. We have clinical engineering, um, surgical equipment repair. Um, we provide, you know, peak need rentals to hospitals throughout the country. You know, we were real popular during COVID 
with the ventilator. So we own all this equipment and we rent it out um, oh. to hospitals. So I, I'm the sales director for the central U.S. for the surgical division. And what we do, we the, the equipment we have is primarily lasers, ultrasound, and some new one-off technologies that we're, we're using now. Like we've just partnered with a company called Sonoblate to provide high food for the treatment of prostate cancer. So that's that's going really well. So these partnerships that we have with leading technologies throughout the world and we bring them to hospitals on a per case basis and provide a technician to operate the equipment. So so that sales cycle is it is it pretty transactional or is it fairly complex? Like it can be. Um, we're very fortunate. We do business with I think the numbers 95% of every hospital in the country. So we're whether we're renting ventilators or pumps or beds or whatever it may be, and we just don't do any surgical business. So we may get leads or business from our existing business. But when we convert a, a whole IDN or a hospital system, um, it's it's not transactional. It's a long process, six to nine months. Yeah, I would say oh, is, wow. is, is the cycle. Um, Sorry, you said IDN? Is that what you said? Yeah, it's essentially a health network, like a group of hospitals. And there's so many out there. There's okay. what we're finding. There's, you know, an organization that will buy up and now has 10 or 12 or 15 hospitals. And they generally will do the same thing. So when they're coming to us looking for a solution, we'll package it up for each hospital within that hospital system. So that's kind of like a digital transformation effort almost. Is it would it, would it qualify as that? And what I mean by that is, if everybody has their own, every hospital in the group is kind of doing their own thing, like the old Sesame Street um, mm -hmm. show, right? And then they ask you come in and standardize it across all of them. Is it just the equipment that they're standardizing on, or is it kind of the platform on which the equipment communicates and all of that? It's ge it's generally the equipment, but now we're taking it further and we're managing even their own equipment, so we can customize it. Um, we call it sort of a total laser management program where we'll mm -hmm. customize a program that fits their needs because hospitals may own a lot of this equipment. Yeah. What they don't own, they'll rent from companies like Agility. Um, so we'll fill those gaps. But what we find is a lot of hospitals don't understand fully what they own and what they're renting and what the surgeon needs are. So we help with that process. Um, it could be really complex because the administration doesn't really understand the technology. The surgeons want it. You know, there's a cost to it. Should they buy it from a capital perspective and talk yep. to, you know, the OEMs? And then what we're finding, though, you know, we, we partnered with Boston Scientific and Olympus and Dornier and all these major corporations. Wow. They're all out trying to sell the capital. Yeah. So what we do is we buy it from them and we'll rent it out. So. The technology is constantly changing, so the rental model is is a perfect fit for oh, totally. many. It's like, it's like leasing a car. Yeah, for sure. And everyone wants the greatest, the latest and greatest. The latest and greatest, yeah. We generally have it, so it's a perfect fit. And then again, you know, there's a lot of education that goes along with it. So we provide the tools for hospitals to help manage this whole process. So are you kind of like a distributor and or channel for those OEMs effectively? Is that one? It could consider us something like that. Yes. I mean, we're vendor agnostic, but if there's a demand, we'll, we'll look at, into it. You know, okay. the example is the new high food treatment for prostate cancer and Sonoblade. Fantastic organization. Great technology. Um, now we're getting phone calls saying, hey, we can't spend, you know, X oh, amount yeah. of dollars on this. 
Will you folks go out and, and buy it and we'll rent it on a per case basis as we do with our other equipment? And I'm just curious now, the, I'm sorry, everyone who's listening, I'm digressing a little bit from revenue accelerating, but but I'm totally curious about this. Are those leases or rentals, are they monthly, quarterly, annually, multi-year? Like We could do those, but generally they're on a per click per case basis. So oh, really? the schedulers will, will call our scheduling team and say, Dr. Jones has a you know kidney stone procedure on Friday. Can you all bring in your, your equipment and the technician to help help us through it? Wow. So so these machines are portable enough to kind of do that? They are, drop in for a surgery and bring it back out? It's not like a big MRI are. machine? They are. We've got hundreds of maybe thousands now of trucks throughout the country that are specifically built to manage and carry this equipment. That's amazing. That's fascinating. That is yeah. like you're blowing my mind right now. Great um, business. All right. Great business. So, so let's come back to the original point of the whole conversation. Sure. Um, sure. So, so like back to the question I asked you originally, yeah. right? That, that, that anecdote, that kind of, that school of hard knocks, the hard lesson that you learned the hard way, cause it wasn't taught in a book. You didn't have a coach or mentor kind of walking you through the process and helping guide you. What was that? If you remember any off the yeah. top of your head? Yeah, it's early on. I mean, we're always learning and, you know, making mistakes. And we were chatting about, you know, sales folks are generally pretty confident, especially you have your, your equipment you're selling or whatever product it is and you feel really confident about it so early on when i sort of got those promotions at sprint i'm a young kid i think 25 or 6 and i sold i was selling to fidelity and their headquarters were in boston and the way it was presented was jay you're gonna you're gonna go into a, a room and chat with three or four folks and tell them our proposition and hopefully you'll get the business and i okay great so i I put on probably the only suit I had. I remember it was kind of a strange green color. And I go to the meeting and there's about 45 to 50 people there. And and I'm a young kid. I haven't presented like wow. that, um, especially in the corporate world. So I got a bit nervous. And then I see more folks coming in. It ended up being about 100 people. Oh, and it wasn't a just, it's a seminar. You're giving a seminar at this just, point. And it wasn't just me. It was other folks within Sprint Corporate. Okay. They were selling the whole package, but I was presenting the wireless side. Yeah. And and what we had done with the business where we were building out the network. So the phones didn't really work everywhere. We primarily worked in downtown Boston and the probably the, we call it the 128 belt, I'd say. So we would sell the phones and then people would call us the next day and say, this doesn't work at my house. And it's okay. So how are we going to sell this? So we would ask for a lot of patience throughout this process, but I wanted to sell to Fidelity. And it was the New York office. It was not nationwide. And if I got this, I was set for a couple of years, probably. So I, I had my time. They gave me 10 minutes to present. And I start out and I've got my, you know, my PowerPoint up and I'm going through it. And, and I'm looking out into the audience. I'm noticing I'm losing a few folks here. I'm, and this is a pretty cool technology. Like it's yeah. yourself, but it was a brick at the time that popped up and down. It wasn't quite like what we have now, but I'm losing folks. I could tell. I'm just like the, the, the room just kind of dropped a bit. I'm like, okay, this is not working after about four or okay. five minutes. Wow, that quick. So, so sorry, sorry to pause you. So like when you say you, you noticed you were losing them, what were they doing? Because they didn't have cell phones at that point. So they're not like on their phones. Yeah, they did not have cell phones. I just felt like, you know, the interest was there. Folks were maybe whispering to themselves. My comments was dropping. And I'm like, oh, it was like a perfect storm. Oh, and this is my only shot. To get yep. to this. So you like got your five minutes. minutes of fame right there. Yeah. 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 And uh, so 
And I'm like, man, the first two, three rows are not engaged. And, you know, we're trying to sell this. And so about seven minutes in, and I'm talking about the technology, where we're going and all that. And I just remembered all those phone calls I got throughout the, you know, the launch of Sprint at the time and complaint after complaint after complaint. And half the folks would be patient and they understood because they were getting either a free phone or a pretty good rate to help us learn where it worked and where it didn't. So I stopped the presentation and I just said, okay, I've probably spoken to many of you that have tried out these phones, this service to help us grow and help us learn. I said, I know Verizon's out there. I know T-Mobile's out there. And I said, you just really want to go with the service that sucks the least. And they sort of went, huh, because every, we weren't ready yet. No one was ready. And my point to tell you the story is like, I have this whole idea and I'm going to present in this page and I had all my notes and I just basically tore up the presentation and went with my gut and just said, these folks, they get it. It's, It's a cell phone. I don't have to go into it. Just go with the one that sucks the least. Essentially, just give me a shot. Yep. You know? And that's that's pretty ballsy. That's actually pretty ballsy to just throw out your deck that you've been working on and consulting with and whatnot, especially with other sprint folks in the room. If you were solo, if I was solo, I'd be like, you know what? What's who's gonna know? Like whatever, right? Hundred percent. I mean, it was ninety nine percent lost. I mean, there was really no shot because Verizon had a better network and yeah. But we were, you know, I I just said, what the hell do I have to? What do I have to lose? You know. So I I just went for it. I went for it. it. I you love know, it. <laughs> go big or go home. <laughs> <laughs> and you sort of, you have to take those chances at times. And, I, you know, as a young kid and folks, you know, their eyes lit up like that. I got their attention after I said that. And that was half my, my, you know, point was I just need to get them, reel them back in a bit. Yep. You know, and that just that one line. And I always remember it. I'm like, man, that kind of helped me. And I was so excited. I got the deal. And I never wouldn't have got it. And they asked us to sell about 80 phones a month. And it got to a point where I'd have groups from New York and Boston saying, we need another 50 for this office, 100. So it was a huge deal for me as a young salesperson. Did you come up with that on the fly of like least best, sorry, least worst solution? Yes, I did. I did. I, um, because I was, you know, I remembered all those complaints and calls and mm-hmm. folks would tell me specifically, this doesn't work in my house. Yeah. You know, I said, well, you're only paying $30 a month for it, sir. It's, uh, just bear <laughs> with us. We'll have that cell phone tower, you know. Next it's week. coming. So, it's coming. Just hold on. I, I tell people, you know, early, you go to interviews and now I interview folks and it's interesting. It's like, what did you sell? And I, I always like the folks that sold cell phones early on because it was really difficult because they did not work. So you'd sell 50 phones, but then you'd get 50 complaints the next day. Yeah. So you knew that was par for a course. You're just, you're, you're signing up for complaining. For basically. sure. For sure. Yeah. Like... Well, yeah. So I lasted <laughs> seven years and I still, I, you know, I didn't get one gray hair, uh, but it was a really good experience and worked with some really good folks. I'm still in touch with. And we always talk about the stories, you know, like that. Yeah. Yeah. I had, um, I mean, I have several that didn't go that way. I think one of, so I used to be an engineer before I went into sales and carried a bag. Um, and one of the stories that I can relate to about like kind of taking a risk, although at that point, like, you know, as if your, your pre-sales engineers or architects or anybody that you have that's on the technical side, 
um, you, most of them that at least that I know and who I was as well is hyper risk averse. Like we don't want to say something. It's almost like that we're lawyers do not want to say a mistruth, right? <laughs> Just do not want to say that. And so, um, you know, that's who I was. And then now I, I wanted to, I noticed actually one of the things in my personal path, um, and I understand this is mostly about you, but like in, in agility, but one story came to mind that I want to share with the, with the audience here is, um, when early in my sales career, cause I, I noticed as an engineer, at least I would do the song and dance, get up on the whiteboard, write it all out. And I'd be like the hero of the meeting of that one hour. And I felt great about it. And then my rep and everybody else that was on the executives would be like, all right, deep peace out. Like we're going to go party tonight. Thank you for your help. And I just walk, watch them walk out the room and I'm still kind of holding the Sharpie in my hand. Right. Like, like that was like ridiculous. Yeah. And I, was like, no, I got to get on the other side of that desk. I got to do this. And so early on in my career, I asked my manager at the time, this is probably around Oh four, Oh five, somewhere in that range. Um, 2005. And I was like, Hey, I, I, I want to try my hand at sales. And so, um, he, he gave me this small podunk account and whether I lost it or not, he didn't really care. It'd be, it'd be, a, it'd be a boon if we got it. It'd be all right, whatever. It's not that big of a deal if we lost it. So I go there. Um, I, it was in between a multiple meetings. Actually, we were up in uh, New York with um, one of my colleagues who isn't from the New England area. We're pitching MLB, Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA for this company. And in between meetings, he was like, let's go grab lunch. And I'm like, no, I can't. I got this, this, pitch meeting that I have right now. And he was surprised because I was his engineer at the time. He's like, what? It blew his mind that some engineer is going to try and do a pitch meeting. Uh-huh. In any case, I get, I get to this meeting. He, he joins me, but kind of just sits in the, it, like sits along the wall and I'm at the conference room table and I'm pitching. So the, it was a small company. So the conference room table was literally like a cafeteria, like a circular cafeteria table like that we're sitting at in this small, probably 10 by 10, maybe 11 by 11 uh, conference room with no TV. So I'm using my laptop, spin the laptop around to show him. So we're both looking, we're on the same side of the laptop as I'm walking him through the slides, the the prospect that is. And um, the prospect right around, I don't know, slide seven or whatever, five, or as I'm going through five minutes into the presentation, he stops me and I'm, I'm going through like a train with no brakes. And he interrupts me to ask me a question, I pause and I stare at him for like five seconds, maybe seven seconds. Right. And then I ignore his entire question and I go to the next slide. <laughs> right? yeah. I'm just so nervous about getting through my story. I did not want any interruption <laughs> at the time. It's good to remember things like that. <laughs> Needless to say, I didn't get the deal, but the ability to converse and kind of, kind of read the room is sure. so key. Yes. Um, and that's where that's kind of that when you were telling me that story and your ability to kind of read the room, that's what kind of ignited that memory. It was like, yeah, yeah that's it's a different yeah. scenario. I was one on one. You were one on 100 or whatever. Yeah. But. yeah. But those faces, I think I still remember three or four of those faces like they were just thinking about something else. Yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah. Awesome. that's that's yeah, uh, it's pretty good. I, I got a, another quick one that uh, just yeah. happened like two months ago. I. So now I've got, you know, the hospital administrators and I have the other divisions teeing up this big meeting with the CEO, a CFO of hospital, um, actually major hospital here in Texas. And so they teed it all up and I I'm, get all the details. I'm like, OK, this is what I'm going to do. So I get to the meeting 
and it was a boardroom and there were four folks on the other side of the table and a few of my colleagues that we already did business with. Um, mm -hmm. So they are all new to everybody. So I get there and we start the meeting and I just went right into it. And I'm just like, you know, this is why I'm here. And this is, and um, about two minutes in the CEO, well, CFO stopped me and he said, uh, Jay, it's a real pleasure to meet you, but I don't, who, who are you here? Who are you again? Who are you with? And I looked to my colleague. I'm like, you did not tee this up for me. Like, hey, Jay's coming in. Yeah. This is what he does. About, yep. He's here to talk. So he did not preface anything. And yeah. I went, oh, man. So I had to dig myself out of that one. You know, 20-year <laughs> so difference in sales. It's like, oh, it's still getting hit with the things like that. I'm, I hear you. I, I'm, I've, I've, I've fallen victim to that as well. And, and when you don't confirm and you don't kind of calibrate where right. the meeting's starting, right? Like, what do you know? What do they not know? Who do they know? Who do they not know? And how do you bring them up to speed or how you get on the same page as them? So then you can move forward together, right? Because yes, they're exactly. starting on page one and you're on page 10 right. and they're missing one through nine. Right. That's right. a challenge. It reminded me of being a kid again, just getting right into it. Okay, this is why I'm here. Let's so go. Brings yeah. me back down to earth. That's <laughs> awesome. That's awesome. So, um, appreciate it. Thank you for, for taking the time. Do you have anything that you'd like to share, um, with us that I, that we didn't cover actually regarding like sales lessons learned tactics that you use to help ensure or hold yourself accountable in yeah, your, sure. in your sales yeah. motions? Yeah. So some of I've always been an individual contributor up until about two years ago, um, at my current company at agility and, um, I felt like, okay, now I kind of get this industry. I get what it takes to succeed, and I want to share that with the team. So that's kind of what I'm doing now. Um, nice. But I think it's really simple. You know, as a young salesperson, we tend to overcomplicate things. And, you know, the basics, you need to understand your customer and what their goals are. Yeah. But when you step back a little bit, and I learned this from someone not too long ago at one of our national sales meetings. We had a customer come in and do, like, kind of a day in the life. What is it like for him? And one of the things stood out, and it's like they understand what our goal and our job is, right? So we're trying to increase our revenue, grow business, yep. close new business bookings and all that. But, like, there's a goal on the other side of the table, and we need to understand that. And that's sort of the basic 101. Yep. But sales folks don't quite understand that they're willing to give us something to get something. So it's kind of a mutual understanding, like, I'm here. And I want this, I might get this, but this is my goal. And they're doing the same thing, essentially. So they're yeah. selling to us too. And when you can meet in the middle and come to an agreement, it's a beautiful thing. It's a win-win. Oh, totally. You know, we're gonna make money and they're gonna we're gonna help, you know, their bottom line or whatever it might be, whatever their goals are. So absolutely. It is it is a give and take. It is a negotiation from day one. For sure. Um absolutely. That's a that's a great point. All right, Jay, I'm, I'm grateful for your time. We're, we're kind of hitting the, hitting the max mark. Um, thank you so much. Thanks to everyone for listening, and we'll catch you on the other side. Thanks again, Jay. Take care. Be sure to check us out at www.excelogy.com.